0: Welcome back to Charged Up Studio Tuesday. This is Dana Olivo with Market Academy, and with me is my co-host.
1: Sandra Dorsey, and I am with Sendor Capital Limited, where all your funding needs can be met.
0: This week, um, we've got an exciting segment for you. We're going to be talking about the battle of the sexes. And what we mean by that is, who's better at negotiating? Men or women? We've got two women on this podcast here as co-hosts. And I don't know what Sandra believes, but personally, I think that women are definitely better negotiators, primarily because we're more empathetic. We're more relationship. I don't know about the empathy, because
1: the example that comes to mind, but keep going.
0: Yeah. Um, More relationship-bound, oriented. I know when I go into negotiations. I don't call them negotiations. What they are is they are relationships. So I go into a relationship and before I even get to the sales part or the negotiation part, I want to learn as much as I can about who it is I'm talking to. Absolutely. And, and develop that relationship, that that, that common ground to where we can talk securely and feel secure with where this conversation is going. What about you, Sandra?
1: Well, I have a master's in conflict analysis and resolution. I am a trained and used to be a mediator and also trained arbitrator in the state of Florida. I'm not active, but I have those skills. And negotiations, when I was doing my my graduate work, I worked for Bank of America, and I thought I was going to be a UN envoy, peacekeeper, negotiator. And I think what inspired me at the time, I saw so many conflicts in Haiti, and I thought, wouldn't it be great for me to go down there and resolve all their, all their issues? Well, first of all, in order for you to resolve other people's issues as a third party, you need to, uh, they need to want you to resolve their issues. That's one.
0: Right, that's Maybe,
1: one. That is one. You, you know, they say that unless these people recognize that they have a problem, you can't help them. Right. So that's my first point. But as far as the women's perspective, the first, um, how can I say, badass negotiator that I witnessed was my mother. She was fierce. She was not a trained MBA like me. She was just someone who knew what she wanted her end result to be. She actually, my father would default to her every time there was a um, something, a project in our house, the pool being built, whatever, the land being sold. He says, talk to my wife, talk to my wife. And my father was a diplomat. Right. So you would think he had those skills, but he was just not interested. Right. My mother stood her ground. She would just walk into the negotiation and she knew what she was going to get. She always got her way and she walked away. She never smiled. She never um, said anything other than her price. And well, that's it.
0: And she had a valid, valid argument. Absolutely, she, You know, why she did what she did, you know, uh, me, you know, uh, I don't refer to my parents because I never really saw them negotiating much. It was a lot of fighting, but, <laughs> but what I have, it, it was a lot of fighting nothing was solved. Was, when your parents are fighting,
1: they actually are negotiating. Yeah. They're but then, nothing
0: was ever solved. You know, so, <laughs> um, but, um, what I did get, uh, did gain was later in life. Um, it's funny because I learned to negotiate in my job. I learned to negotiate with my bosses. I learned to negotiate internationally when I was down in Brazil, you know, and things like that. And again, it all relates to making the, the, the team has to feel comfortable with each other. And you, you made a very good point when you said the other person has to be ready for you, They have to understand they have a problem mm-hmm. that needs to be negotiated. And that is part of the relationship process is uncovering what it is they need help with. Because you can't go in there and sell them something if they don't have a problem. Um, a, a little story, my daughter, who is now 40 years old, uh, my husband being an engineer, when I first met him back in 81, I want to say it is, 81, Um, everything was black and white, you know, engineers, everything's black and white. There is no middle ground. There's no gray area, anything like that. It's either my way or it's wrong as far as, and so at the time, Stephanie, my daughter was two years old. And uh, as she grew up, um, I saw more and more that they would, that, that my husband would butt heads with her because she made certain decisions that he didn't agree with. You know, he loved her dearly, you know, and everything, but it was always his way. You know, there was, it was only his way. And then what happened was eventually I kept telling him, I said, David, I said, you know, you got to listen to her. You got to listen to why she does things the way she does. I says, because there's a reason. And so he eventually started listening and asking her, why did you do this? Why did you do this this way? And amazingly, she had her reasons. She had her reasoning for doing things and he couldn't argue with it. Absolutely. I, I again, it's, um, you know, the,
1: you know I, I, I always refer back, well, you know, of course, our president is someone who thrives on negotiations. But also, if you look at his style, he's very, he's, he, he goes into a fight ready for the fight. Right? Yeah. He came into the presidency ready for the fight. And he is the, he is the one that wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. And so when people see him on Twitter and, you know, sort of facing his opponents, he thrives in that environment. Right. So, so my point in saying that is recognizing the style of, um, of the person, the opponent. So back to our main point about are women or men better? It's the style. I have to say that I I am a very empathetic person, but I've developed my my business style more so as a man than as a woman. Because um, I don't know, you know, because I have, uh, how can I say, my demeanor when I walk into a negotiation, as I said, I have the academic background, but in the practical sense, when when i'm walking into a negotiation i i you know i i show up in my power right i show up there are times when you know the the depending on the the deal or the personalities involved you may feel a little weakened but i show up in my power so i don't necessarily feel that's like a feminine trait i do i it's because I've, I've observed so many men walk into rooms and own that room they are the authority they are the the smartest one they may not be but they act like it right so as far as who's better at negotiating um it's the, it depends on the style and what they're trying to accomplish i can't say that you know in essence the empathy comes in but we're having a lot of you know th- there's a lot of social engineering taking place right now Whereas the men are becoming women and the women are becoming more men. Me, exact, as an example. So
0: Donna, you're shaking your head. I, I, you know, I come from the architectural engineering and construction market, which is primarily um, uh, owned by men. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I started my business back in 2009 down in, in Brazil, I did come across more um, aggressive, almost intimidating to a degree. And it wasn't until about a year into my business that I was confronted uh, about the way I come across as being um, unbendable un you know, very manipulative, not necessarily, but, but uh, intimidating. And then also coming across as um, unflexible. So I took a, a step back and I looked at, okay, how am I approaching this when I'm dealing with small business owners, okay, who are um, uncomfortable to begin with? How do I approach them from an intimidation standpoint and gain their trust? So... Absolutely. I'm yeah. smiling
1: because, you know, one of the books that um, Donna researched for this for for, for the segment is Susan Susanna Bresling's book, where why men are better negotiators than women, and um, th- that men succeed in negotiation because they are better liars. Uh, you know, I've met some 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 women who are just as, as, as talented. And at the, at at, the at alternate truth, alternative truth, right, right. When I see f- some some of these women attorneys that are representing in high profile cases, you know. So it's it's I don't know if the men wrote the script and the women just follows what came first, The women are yet. Yeah. I think we I think you know, so this is this is where I stand with this. Knowing myself, I have both, right? So I see myself as a constant negotiator. I'm in finance, I'm constant if I'm not negotiating a rate, I'm negotiating my fee, I'm negotiating the time frame, the timeline, the deliverable. The project, you know, all of that. So, the you know, and when I think about the qualities that I bring my to, to the table, most of them are you would you would say on the masculine side, right? So, if we go back into, um, you know, the Myers Briggs, you know, I'm very intuitive. You know, I, I can't remember which um, type I'm exactly, but it's I, I definitely am the intuitive. And because I go with my gut, I, most of the time, I know that the conversation, I'm in finance, so I'm 90.9%, I would say 95% of people I interact with on a daily basis are men. Yeah. And so I go in there in that with my confidence and power with a masculine style of leadership because I'm not quiet, I'm outspoken. And depending on the culture that you're dealing with, most women are not necessarily the outspoken type, right? You know. And so I was talking to someone yesterday, and I said b- the word "BS" fully, and it was like, "Oh my goodness!" They were shocked that I that came out of my mouth because they're like, "Oh my," they were shocked because that's not how I used to be. Yeah. But because I've had to cross border, right. and do and, and interact in certain um cultures where women are not respected. I've had to just, you know, put my foot down and say say certain things in a way that a man would say it in order to gain that respect. So in order to gain leverage, forget the respect, it's leverage over the situation. So women and men, um, I think depending on the culture, depending, so it's individual, right? It depends on what that person's personality type is. Um, exactly. that will determine who is better at this. You know, it's as though saying at this point if we have a woman president, is she going to be a better negotiator than a male president that we've had? I'm talking about in the United States. I yes. mean in Haiti we've had we've had one woman president already. We checked that box. So we're good. Yeah. So um so what do you think, Donna? Do we have better leadership as with uh, a woman president, a uh, better negotiator? I mean, that's really what the question
0: is. That's the yeah. ultimate job, isn't and it? I think that it, it boils down to, like you said, you know, we're talking about negotiation, but is it just negotiation? Is it leverage? And again, yeah. it all does depend on who is it? that you're negotiating with? What culture are you you negotiating in? Who is it that you're talking to that you're working with? A lot of that has to do with that. When I was in the AEC industry, I was working primarily with men and, and I was more on the marketing side. I found myself a lot of times dealing with men who just didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to go the extra mile to help their jobs. For instance, the you know, field workers out in the field, they were given the mandate that they needed to start selling. They needed to start building new relationships out in the field. It became a a corporate wide thing. This was a very large corporation. And so in order to do that, they needed materials, which was my job. And I'd get the materials and I'd put them up so that they could have access to whatever they needed. And they would constantly come back and argue, you know, this is your job. This is your job, you know, and stuff like that. I said, I've done my job, guys. I said, now it's your job. You've got the access to all the information you need. You go up there. You download it. You do what you need to do with it. I'm not going to sit here and hold your hand. That's how I had it To, to deal with these men is to get them off their high horse and and do what they needed to do. They could they could work in the field. That's what they were used to doing. They weren't used to selling. They weren't used to you know having to market. Yeah, it depends on who you're dealing with. Now, when I'm dealing with small business owners, these guys are very insecure. You know these these are these are people who are unsure of um, their abilities. They're unsure of you know whether they're on the right track. You know so to me i have to come in with a much softer approach to be able to really get down deep into what the real issue is that's holding them back because as, right yeah cuz as a strategist i need to know what's the real problem it's not the fact that your sales team isn't performing their job it's because you're not putting out the right message or it's because your product is outdated and it's not viable anymore. That's where I need to get, but I have to do that without alienating them. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Well, you know, we go to the, um, well, you know, I always refer to uh, this current political cycle, this current political season, which includes Donald Trump because he's the ultimate negotiator and he's the most transparent president that I've seen and those of you who don't like Donald Trump, bear with me. So I use him as, as an example because, you know, he has had um, the most, um, uh, how can I say, most talked about negotiation with any other president, I think. With what he's dealing with the trade war and in China, when you do these, you have two alpha males who are going at each other. One, and one is in a more quiet way. That's President Xi of China. And, or is it Chairman G of China? And then you have uh, Donald Trump, who's addicted to Twitter, you know, and so, you know, everything that that is going on in his head. And I think, I personally think that's a great thing because it's giving us some insights as to what happens when these people at that level are uh, working on, quote unquote, our behalf. I did put, I did do air quotes, so... (laughs) you you see what he's doing and he's he's saying i'm fighting for you i'm doing this for the american people that's a negotiation too every time he says i'm working for you he is winning you over to support him everything in life is a negotiation not just the all the big negotiation i would have liked to be in the room when obama was negotiating with iran to give them one billion dollars and this is not a political conversation So uh, I'm sorry, let's just take Obama out. Let's take Hillary Clinton as a woman who negotiated quite a bit uh, of Madeleine Albright or Condoleezza Rice, who were lead for this country in the last, what, 30 years? You know, representing as the um, Secretary of State. Right. So it's important to know that none of these women go in there as women. Right. First and foremost, they're like, we're going to get this done. Because not only are they, they don't have many women's lead to follow, right? but their personalities are not the soft, cuddly type, empathetic. I don't think any of them are empathetic, to be honest, especially C- Mrs. Clinton. But she's about getting the deal done. She's about closing it and getting it to the point where it's a win for her objective and she can check that off the box. So back to the point about who's better at negotiating, you gotta wonder what these presidents saw, because we haven't had a, women pres- a woman president in the US yet. But when these men decided that these women were going to be put in that post, did they actually think that these women were gonna be better negotiators? What do you think, Donna?
0: You know, I, I, again, like I said, I, in- I don't think we'll ever be able to satisfy the dialogue as to whether men are better than women or women are better than men. Again, I think it all boils down to the situation and everything. I think if put into a position of power, like president or whatever, um, you assume that position because you're qualified. And by being qualified, you can negotiate with, other countries, other governments with a a position of leverage of power uh, because you 've got the u s behind you when mm-hmm. you think about it, when you go into these other countries, whoever it is has got the u s behind them u s ha- does still have a good you know solid backing behind it, even though we don 't agree with the, the leadership. That doesn't mean we don't agree with America and the U.S. and the pride that we bring to the country. The people of the U.S. is what's behind the president, and it's not, and it's not necessarily the individual. The individual right. is just the spokesperson. You know, he's yeah. the one. He's the one who's making those decisions, or or, or you know, passing on the decisions. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's so the same going on.
1: To- right when they're going
0: to war yeah. you see he has
1: to plead his case when he gives that speech from the oval he has to plead his case to the american people way back when in the 50s or 60s right. the american people were not having a no more war right but now it's as though you know we have in four years we haven't had a war and you know we haven't started a war so it's interesting a lot of people are wanting war. Right. Um, I'm why? But there are some people who are actually salivating at the mouth at the idea that we'll be at war again. Um, we'll start new wars. I guess that's a way of. So whenever you are negotiating, you have to think about uh, who your audience is, right? So your your negotiation is. So if you're negotiating with an employee and you're trying to get something done for on behalf of a customer, mm-hmm. even as a business owner. You are negotiating with the employee to get the job done. Let's say there's a, 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 a task that needs to be done. It needs to be done a certain way. Um, you want to maintain that um, that loyalty from the customer. So right. you're going to advocate for the customer, even though, for instance, you know, um, you know, um, Donna, you've been a software or an engineer where you're contracted. So you are doing this for the business owner, ultimately to deliver a service for their customers. So right. they making an employee who don't necessarily agree with your methodology, and then the employer has to convince that person if if it's going to be a product that's sold to the customer. Yeah. So there are so many dynamics involved as far as any type of negotiation. But as far as women, men, you know, the jury's still out on that one. I see myself as an outlier. I happen to be one who didn't adopt the 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 average um, feminine style of business um um practice. I like to show up in my power. I like to to know that um, uh, how can I say um, th- that my objective is going to be met. But there's a little, there's a tinge of empathy there. But again. My undergrad is in psychology. If I wanted to just stay in the business of empathy, I would have pursued a PhD in psychology. But I do incorporate the psychological aspect of the negotiation from those days. But I think the dominant style for me remains um, just confidence and strength, which is not necessarily found easily in many women. Because in society, women are conditioned to be the givers to be the more um how can i say um cooperative right and so i think sometimes that can be seen that cooperation No, um submissive is the word i'm looking for more submissive to give into different so yes there's a different breed of women um you know coming from the millennial group what we're going to see in the near future is very different than what we've seen from our generation because our generation have had to fight those fights in order to make it right. more um, fluent in our language, that women be given a seat at the table, and that women can also be as effective in a negotiation. Right. I don't think it's as though who's better at negotiation, as, but as we, we definitely need to know that women need to be noted as as effective. So at this point, yeah. it's just equals. So that's my summary of it all. Okay. They are,
0: you well, know. you know, I, I, I you know, I tend to agree, you know, even though being female, being a negotiator myself, and in the environment that I'm in, I like to think that dealing with small business owners, females are better than males because of the fact that the audience that you're dealing with. Men have a tendency not to actively listen a lot of mm. times. Okay. Whereas women we're we're born into it. We're active listeners a lot of times, especially when you have children. The compassion, the empathy comes in. You know, the open-mindedness, uh, being willing to say, "Hey, look, you're right," rather than unflexible. And you know, but again, it's because I'm dealing with small business owners, and I understand, having had two businesses before, I know what's going through their head. I know that the fears that they have and the fact that a lot of times those fears aren't the true fears right it's not the true issues it's what's un- what's underlying those issues um, and that in order for me to be able to help them i have to understand that and that requires the relationships that it require, requires me to empathize and get to the bottom line of that
1: but i do have to add though i have had question marks with certain men but they're they're just as women i have found that there are women that are just as you know that bring a question mark to my mind as to why they do not behave in a certain way when they don't think about the other party that they are involved with so the men and the women so it's equal for me it's an equal opportunity you know lack of empathy is equal opportunity so especially in my business um, I think sometimes that women are, they tend to be, well, the women that I have found have less, less confidence and it seems that they, um, they are so focused on, and I'm just thinking about one experience where this person had to um, bring her husband. She said to me, well, let's bring my husband in. He's an attorney. I was like, we don't need an attorney. I can negotiate this. But she, that lack of confidence made her seem mm-hmm. as though she wasn't going to be able to deliver. So I I constantly have
0: to
1: not make this a gender thing as much as an experience thing.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, we're down to the last three minutes here. Um, we'll close out this segment. I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the cultural aspects and relate it to my work down in Brazil when it, for any of you who are looking at dealing on an international basis whether it be negotiating selling whatever you're doing okay it's important to keep in mind the cultural differences between the different countries um when i was down in brazil i spent a year just learning the cultural differences you know here in the u.s when i'd go into a business meeting or whatever It may take, you know, say 45 minutes to 60 minutes to basically get to a point where we're ready to talk the sale. Down in Brazil, you're talking three, four hours before you're even ready to start talking the sale, you know. um, But then coming back here to see me in the U.S., these Brazilians come in here and they're thinking that you've got three to four hours to spend with them when you don't. So understanding those cultural differences when I was down in Brazil, I saw the Japanese businessmen during the FIFA games and the and the Olympic Game development cycle. Uh, I saw these Japanese come in there and just basically bang right through and and try and negotiate right off the bat and that turned the Brazilians off very quickly um, absolutely well, I can touch we don't have to go offshore. I lived in Miami that's a whole yeah.
1: other also well, that's another country right there. I, that is- <laughs> Old country. I was living in, in the um, D.C. metropolitan area and I, I thought it was a good idea for me to move to Miami. It was actually. This is in my very younger days. This is about 20 years ago when I partied like I didn't care. Yeah. So, I mean, I Miami's was like, I lived in my beach. I was, you know, I was very close to Ocean Drive where, you know, the round the clock party took place. And I thought as a banker, that would be my, where I'm going to specialize. So I had um, a lot of clients on the beach. And I would get invited, but, you know, and, you know, the, one of the things, you know, we wanted to highlight is does, you know, only sexuality interfere with her ability. And I can tell you, I partied with my clients and it didn't help me that much. It, what it did help me to it, it establish a very personal relationship with them and for them to be able to call me sweetie and um, honey anytime they felt like that. And I, that was cringy, cringy yeah. Yeah. you know? very cringy and of course i i became so upset i would react to anyone the gas station person attended who says honey and i said you don't call me and i I remember one instance when i said to a man if you're gonna call that man behind me honey you can call me honey but until then you call me miss or you just don't call me and that's when i had um, i I got fed up so the sexuality component of things can also here with your leverage because if you go in and negotiate it, and what I learned is, you can't change people. I mean, these are adult men. You think I'm going to change them overnight? Stop calling me honey. start calling me sweetie. Um, no. no but it's, it's, what I did yeah. is move.
0: Yeah.
1: It's I ended up moving like to England, yeah. where people are so polite. I had to mm-hmm. like pinch them to make sure they were human. But um, so what I'm saying is, the culture definitely is a factor. And being from the Haitian culture. It's still cringy when, you know, when some of my Haitian friends, colleagues refer to me as baby, sweetie, you know, but that shows you where they are coming from. What I use that for, because you can't change them. Right. I use that to empower myself as to how to navigate the the communication, the, uh, the, uh, the negotiation, because when you see that a person, because when men do that and men are, I, I know you're listening. So don't take it personally what you're doing. And I remember, um, an attorney that I had in Haiti and I hope he's listening too. he constantly would touch me and I felt like stop doing that. But it was as though it was a position of power. It's no different than a woman who's trying to get a man to buy her a piece of jewelry to take power over him and say, honey, I really love that dress. Or a man who tries to be, you know, heartwarming, like sweetie, you, you know, to make sure, because they don't do it with their male counterpart. Exactly. So that's a negotiation as well to make sure that you perceive them as someone who has authority over you. Yeah. But see, I know too much. And I know that's just showing weakness because if you were really in power when you're negotiating, you would not have to use a woman's sexuality nor her gender to give you leverage. What you would do is whatever you're bringing to the table, focus on that versus trying to find your opponent's weakness, which is really, gender is not a weakness, but some can use it as a weakness. I have had people that I've had relationships with. And Donna, you can talk about that because you're in a relationship with some, with your business partner, your husband, but I've had a relationship with people. I've had a, a business with my ex and I actually ended up, you know, um, having to, I saw myself shrink, and I, I won't lie as, yeah. as, as proud and, and proud that I am, I shrunk to give him his way. He would say things like you were so much more effective than I was. And I would shrink to make sure he got, he, he got his little kudos. Wow. I was like, Oh no, you were you were good, just as good. So you know, wow. so it's about being educated going yeah. into the negotiation. Yeah. Um, and I ended up because of him feeling weakened to go into a negotiation with our business associates wow. because I constantly had to prop him up.
0: <laughs> Not my thing. Oh, uh, okay. Sandra oh. went off on one of her her little roles here.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, oh, truth. So- that's, that, that's the joy it's, of it, it is, know, being definitely. a business partner. Yes. Having a business partner who you're in a relationship with. So, does that weaken or that strengthen you going into the re- um, negotiation? So, those business owners who have um, their life partner, their husbands or wives, that's something to think about. Do you feel stronger when you have that person by your side, or do you feel weaker when yeah. you have that person by your side? When you are negotiating, man or woman, is the partner that you're negotiating with? is that person going to help you get to the goal or is it going to pull you back or regress? So as it goes back to women and men, is your husband or wife helping you reach that or are you the stronger? We want to hear from you. I'm going on and on about this topic. It's so good. It's so um, deep. We would love to get your feedback as though if you found that this was a healthy conversation for you or helpful conversation for you if you'd like us to do a bit more of a deeper va- dive into this topic or if you have any similar related related topic that you want us to um, explore of course you can always reach out to
0: us at charge Up studios yes if you want to um reach out to us reach out to us at info at charged up studios dot live Um, that's it for this segment. This is Dana Olivo with Market Atomy and my co-host. Sandra Dorsey with Sendor Capital Limited, where all your funding needs are met. Very good. We look forward to talking to you more next week, where we will be talking about planning for 2021. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook,
1: on YouTube and contribute to our platform on Patreon.